Hi, you're listening to Flying Sober. This is a podcast about cultivating relationships and sobriety and stepping into self-discovery through love, understanding, and exploration. The opportunity to learn about yourself through others starts now. Hello, 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 my lovely listeners. Welcome to Flying Sober Podcast. I am Rachel. And I am Jonathan. It's so nice to be back again. Oh, no, this is incredible. And you know what? I got to say thank you to all of our listeners. I know, Rachel, you should say thank you, but I, I need to say thank you because you all are making this just so much fun and so easy. Um, we were just so... And we've ab- had so many downloads, Jonathan. We've had so Yay! many downloads. We've had great feedback. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm always open-minded. Right. Albert Einstein once said the same Here mind. We that, go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just have to say this. You know, I, he, Albert Einstein once said the same mind that created the problem is not going to be the one that comes up with the solution. What that means is we need other people. Um, so our listeners have asked right. us point blank and period. Who the hell are you guys? I know. <laughs> you know, like, I, 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 listen, God bless us, Rachel. We didn't even talk about ourselves yet. Yeah, I know. God bless us, Rachel. It's like we just expected everyone just Where to listen to us. Where did you come from? Who are you? <laughs> like, we just expected everyone to listen to us and take our advice, yet they don't even know who we are. I like, know. That's really responsible. But so we're going to take this uh, We're gonna take this episode and, and kind of introduce ourselves um, yeah, so and, and where we came from. Yeah, so thank you for that suggestion. I just wanted to say that. Absolutely. Thank you to our awesome listeners. Um, so like Dale Carnegie if you haven't read this book it's incredible it's called how to win friends and influence people I've heard of it it, it, you've heard of it but no one's really read it a lot of people who have read it it's changed their personal relationships forever oh and there's some key questions that you're supposed to ask people like when you're starting to build a connection and you want to do it in a short amount of time so we came up with these questions that we're going to ask each other um, kind of give our listeners more of a view of where we came from. And, you know, we've talked about the program of recovery. I mean, let's just, yes, we've outed ourselves. We're in recovery. Um, but let's ask us some questions that really give you the meat and potatoes of where we really come from. So, Rachel, I'm going to ask you, what was your bottom? Ooh, that's a big one. Um so so my bottom was, you know, I, I reached a place in my, um, what I call the drinking career, where I just didn't like myself anymore. And I also didn't like where I lived, and I was in, in a lot of dysfunctional relationships, in and out of a lot of dysfunctional relationships. And that was it. I mean... But the worst blunt of it was my drinking, and it just excelled into a monster. It was, you know, I got to a place where I just couldn't turn back. And, um, And I knew I was in trouble. I just was spiritually really, really sick. And... I remember when I was I was staying at a friend's I was living at a friend's house and you know I also didn't feel comfortable there I felt like I needed my own place and but I was just 
I was just so down. I couldn't, I just couldn't get up. I couldn't help myself anymore. And, um, and I knew that I had to do something drastic. And I remember when I got on my knees and begged God for help. And I knew something greater than myself had to get me out of this mess that I got myself into. And that was my bottom. That was my bottom. I, I can't describe it any other way. You know, in short, how was what what brought you down to your knees, Jonathan? Oh, you know, I'm in sales, and um, I was on a sales trip. I was going throughout the whole state of Florida. Um, there's been places that I visited that a lot of people have been to, and then there's other places that I visited that I really don't recommend anyone goes to. I mean, Florida has those kind of places, and. It's funny, I, I came down for um, Easter. I was down here for Easter. And I remember the chain of events that happened. I came down here for Easter, and I only came down here. It's not like I really wanted to see my family. I got to admit it. Like I'm, I Listen, I was so selfish and self-centered to the core, I couldn't even see it at that point in my life. Um, I came down, I collected my Easter gifts, and basically... I left on that Monday without saying goodbye to any of my family members. And I remember it was brought to my attention. And my mom literally said to me, like, Jonathan, you were so hungover and whacked out from the night before. You literally just woke up and left. And you didn't even have the nerve to say goodbye. Mm. And in that moment when I heard that, like, my first response was, like, you know, go F yourself. Like, basically, like, yeah. I, you know, it, when people are calling me out, like, I don't really – I don't really feel comfortable with that. So I just went, um, I, I went across uh, Alligator Alley and went to the west coast of Florida. And it was about two weeks into this sales trip. And um, it got to the point where um, I didn't want to live anymore. 26 years old. Think about oh. that. 26 years old. I didn't know you were that young. Yeah. Wow. 26 years old. And, and I didn't have the will to live. I, I, I would wake up in just fear and torment and not knowing how to live a life like i had friends at that time that were making you know six figures and and married and and, and, and starting to have babies and i'm sitting there wondering like where was my handbook to life like it never showed up on my door where did they learn how to do all this stuff yeah. and like i remember um i was i was I was pretty whacked out at a bar in Sarasota. I was sitting on a uh, on one of those parking um, like blocks, and I decided to call my grandfather. And I told my grandfather for the first time in my life how what was really going on. Because he asked me, he goes, Jonathan, are you okay? And I said, I said, Grandpa, I'm not okay. I don't even have the will to live. Um, and at that time, I, I was engaged to be married, and the woman that I was engaged to broke off our engagement. I literally, I had no hope and, and no willingness to do anything good for myself. I basically, I was like one step away from offing myself. And um, he said, Jonathan, when was the last time you spoke to God? And I said, Grandpa, I... I don't know, like 15 years. And he says, why don't you get on your knees tonight and give him a call? Mm. He'll answer. And um, 
that was my bottom. That's how I was brought to my knees. It was suggested to me by my grandfather to give God a call because I didn't have the will to live anymore. Wow. So, yeah, sorry to get a little bit uh, touchy there and emotional, but, um, you know, we all come from where we come from. Uh, but uh, so, Rachel, we, we, we saw where you got to, right? So, so, yeah, you know, I want to backtrack just a little bit because, um, you know, people sometimes wonder, like, how do you get to that place? You know, I mean, there was a time when I was going to school and then I had a job and I, I even started my own company. I was married. Um, but this disease kind of took me by surprise. It, there was some ups and downs where I drank more. Sometimes I drank less. But towards the end, I got to a point where it got really, really scary. And I think this is where, you know, this is where the wake-up call happens. Which so I had to kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, that I actually didn't have a bad life. I had a really good life, but. I just, the disease kind of propelled forward. And then when I found myself, you know, in a place where I didn't want to be, and maybe that's a good thing, you know, God puts you there, um, at least put me there. Um, when I found myself in a place that I really didn't want to be, I had, I moved from Fort Lauderdale to Miami. I hated Miami. I, I just, you know, my life just got worse and worse and worse. And with that, I started drinking more and more and more. And so after the bottom happened, after I realized, oh my God, I need help, um, I went to a rehab. And um, I, you know, I did the, the rehab, they say, 28 days. I was there for 24 days. And I remember in the rehab, I was specifically told to go to meetings. And I was like, no, I'm not gonna go to meetings. And I'm never ever gonna say I'm an alcoholic because that's just a label. And I'm not gonna label myself. And but I had to, because <laughs> uh, it was part of the program. So I did go to meetings, and the meetings, the speakers would come to the rehab center. And I would always sit in the back, you know, I was so all embarrassed. I'm going to sit in the back, and I'm going to listen. But with every speaker, I started relating a little bit more to what was happening to me. And there was one speaker who said, I wear my recovery like a badge of honor. And he proceeded to say that he went to prison. I mean, his life really spiraled down. But he triumphed and, and, and started meetings in prison. And then he started a company. He got out for uh, good behavior. He started a company. And he started hiring all these people out of prison, giving them second chances. And I just went, oh my god, if this guy can do this, I certainly can make something out of myself and stop feeling sorry for myself. And I remember saying it for the first time, Rachel, I'm Rachel, I'm an alcoholic, and I really did feel like it was a badge of honor because I knew that it was going to get me to places that were a lot bigger. And not that I haven't accomplished in something in life, I have, but I knew from that moment on my accomplishments were going to be a lot bigger and I was going to help a lot, a lot of people. And that was my story coming into recovery. Now, I'm dying to hear yours because me and Jonathan know each other from work and we know each other from the rooms, but we don't really know each other's stories fully. 
right? No, it's amazing. Like we work together, we talk, we laugh, we have all this fun, and we have no idea about either one of. We don't even know about each other. <laughs> that's just, so here we are. But here we are. Um. So, okay. So that's what brought you to the program of recovery. Um, and that's powerful. That's powerful. You heard somebody else's experience, strength, and hope, which gave you that spark of, wait a minute, if he can do it, I can do it, you know, and that's what this is all about. It's just, we have to be open-minded to, to hear that kind of stuff. And, you know, for me, how I got here, um, you know, after that moment of, in in that parking lot, a series of events started happening to where there was clear cut evidence that there was a master of the universe that, that existed. And, it was suggested that I ask that master of the universe um, what he wanted from me. So I made it back home. Um, I was living in Tallahassee at that time, and I went immediately to the place that I love going to, which was the bar. And I sat down. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And, well, because I had no idea, right, at that point. And um, I'm sitting at the bar with um, – I was a beverage consultant with a major, oh, major – Oh, God, that's yeah, great. Oh, no, no. Like I was working for a major um, alcohol distributor at that point. And uh, we're sitting at the bar where, you know, I'm three sheets to the wind. And the waitress comes up to the table and she says um, – I start hitting on her actually like I, I wanted to get a date like i thought like i was like this rico suave kind of guy even though i was completely broke and bouncing run checks i thought it'd be a good idea to try to ask this beautiful woman out on a date so i asked her what was new in her life and she was just like well i have to go to these meetings and i'm like what kind of meetings do you have to go to and she says i have to go to these meetings of recovery and i don't want to go alone and i can't go with my classmates because she was actually doing the right thing studying to become um, a mental health therapist and wanted to get her of GRE. And, um, and I just wanted a date. And, um, and I said, I'll go with you. And all my friends were like, what? I'm like, what y'all never hit rock bottom before. And I'm like, bull, I'm going. And, um, that's how I made it into, uh, into the rooms. That's that's how I made it into actual recovery. And, um, you know, I started relating with other people and, and getting a sense of uh, that I wasn't alone with my thought pro- my, my thought processes and my resentments and how I viewed the world. And eventually I got sold on the idea as long as I put my recovery first, everything else will fall into place. And I had to make a decision. And that's how I was brought to these uh, into this program. It, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and, you know, when I reflect on that, you know, you said 26 years old. I wish I got here sooner. Oh, I say that all the time. Right? I, I wish I got here sooner. And um, so, Rachel, the throes of addiction, mm-hmm. what do you feel it robbed you of? Oh. Well, now, now when I look in retrospect, I didn't think it robbed me off of anything when I was in the, you know, in the midst of it. But now, now that I look back, I think I was kind of, you know, like that V8 commercial where you're just like, I don't know if you guys remember the V8 commercial where the person like walking sideways, but then he drinks V8 and then he, he's walking. It's kind of like the Snickers commercial, right? When they're acting like a little bitch and then you eat a Snicker bar and then all of a sudden you're yeah, like, I feel great. That's it. That's it. It's kind of like that. Like, you know, I got sober and all of a sudden, like my life straightened up. Like I always felt like... Um, when I was drinking, I had to work that extra, extra harder. 
you know, and m there were so many ups and downs in all my, I can't even believe in my relationships. I can't even believe that I have friends that are still my friends 30 years later, that are still hung on um, to our friendship because I, I was shitty. I was sh sometimes a good person, but sometimes I was a really shitty person because there are so many ups and downs um, when it comes to drinking. So, um, you know, I just didn't have it all together. That's the best way to describe it. I didn't have it all together, and I always felt like I had to chase that drink. You know, that, w that always came first. Everything came second. So just imagine what that life looked like. Even I was married for really? 10 years. Yeah, and that even came like second to alcohol. And That's so unbelievable You want to me. hear something crazy? I just saw my ex-husband, and you know what? I, I said to <laughs> I don't even know why I asked him that question. I said, do you think alcohol was an issue um, in our in our relationship? What do you think he said? <laughs> he went, 101%. I'm not joking. I was like, oh, I wish he would have told me that. And you know what? He probably did, but I, I didn't hear it. Because um, I wanted to hear what I wanted to hear. When you're drinking, you're, I was a very selfish and self-centered uh, person. Yeah, as as we all if were. If you can believe that. <laughs> I, as we all were. Um, you what know. about you, Jonathan? Like, what robbed you? Um, what was I robbed of? What were you robbed of from in this addiction? Everything. Oof. Everything. Um, you know, I started. I started. You know, drinking and using when I was in high school because I just looked for anything to help me feel a part of, and the more I engaged in that act those activities the less I actually focused on my life and and started robbing myself of motivation to actually like do well in either scholastics or sports I mean there's a long laundry list of opportunities that I passed up because I just didn't have the motivation and the willingness which resulted into me going into a second tier community college and I remember um, you know, we, we had mentioned it in the in the episode beforehand uh, that, you know, I'm, I'm finishing up writing my book. Um, when I lost all that weight, 115 pounds, mm. I actually quit drinking. Yeah, I switched one addiction out for another. I, I shifted out the drinking and focused on working out and it became an obsessive just drive. Like I got to lose all this weight. Um, and looking back, you know, the fact that I was partaking in drinking and using rather than being an, an actual productive teenager or, you know, or, or even trying to be, you know, in athletics or sports, because, you know, it's funny, like looking back now, like athletics and sports, I used to look at that as a chore. It's actually an opportunity to learn more about, you know, not only just confidence, but competitive drive. Like that's what makes this country that we live in so amazing. Like we have a competitive drive. Competitiveness is actually healthy because it drives all of us to strive to be better, right? Yeah. I was robbed of that. Um, and when I lost all the weight and all of a sudden the girls start looking at me, like I realized, like, no wonder I'm a virgin at 20 years old. Like, I was robbed of so many experiences that I could have had as in my early teens and as well in my, in, in my 20s, um, you know, that 
I can't even buy back. But what's amazing about you know this program is I, I get another opportunity today to live in today and actually have those moments to cherish when they present themselves again. But um, I was robbed of everything, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I I didn't finish. I didn't finish college. I cheated my way through high school. Um, I was told that I could have been a phenomenal actor. I was too lazy and not motivated. I didn't go into acting. I was told that I should have been a lawyer because I'm really good at presenting arguments and talking. And I didn't pursue that either because that was such a chore and such a, you know, I thought to myself, crap, yeah. six years of school, seven years of school. Who has time for that? No, not me. But look, I mean, here's the thing. When we, be when we go into recovery... All these opportunities are readily available to us again. It's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's like a second chance in life. And I think this is where we're going to stop. Um, and we're going to, our next episode, we will talk about not just what we're doing, but all these other opportunities that present themselves uh, to everyone, you know, and especially what happens in relationships when you get sober. What happens in relationships? The big question mark a lot and that's let's talk about that next time absolutely we will and uh we thank all of our listeners um god bless you all we love you and please stay happy stay safe and stay healthy god bless